as a precursor and intro to this episode, I'd like to apologize for the wind and the sounds going around. The audio might not be of the best quality at times, but circumstantially, I'm forced to record in a windy and outdoor remote environment today. But besides that, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Much nonsense has been written about South Africa's special forces and their operations. As indeed, much nonsense is written about the special forces of most countries, depicting them as cowboy types, supermen, muscle-bound morons, or psychopaths, depending on what the whim is for the writer. That is one thing all special forces have in common. The other thing that they have in common is that they are perfectly normal people, albeit above average intellectually and physically, and that they can be an extraordinarily cost-effective instrument of strategy. That comes directly from the foreword of the book, which we brought up in last episode, The Iron Fist from the Sea. Welcome to the Military History Podcast, mini-episode 5 which is part two of our podcast on the South African 4 Commando Regiment, which is South Africa's Special Operations Maritime Unit, specifically for the Angola conflict and the South African border wars. Welcome. According to, and correctly said by the author, the exploits of Allied Special Forces in World War II are well known, particularly those of Britain's commandos, long-range desert groups, special air service, special boat service, and the crews of the X-Craft miniature submarines. These escapades are well remembered in the collective history of Americans, British, and other allied descendants. I mean, very many historians or history connoisseurs are extremely familiar with the picture of one of the original SAS teams in the desert working under Monty with their beards, their short khaki shorts, and their rugged look. Many Americans will be very well established with the idea of the Great Raid by uh, the 5th Ranger Battalion, which happened in the Philippines to uh, liberate some American prisoners. And then even in far as fiction with... uh, the depiction of the 2nd Ranger Battalion's small group in Saving Private Ryan. Special operations are well-known and well-written about on the Allied side. But an author makes a point to talk about the Axe's powers and the special forces which they used. May 1944, 55 German paratroopers neutralized Belgium's fortress Eben Amel and its 1,000-strong garrison for a loss of just six killed. Now, this is an extremely interesting circumstance. What happened was the Germans, on their invasion of the Benelux and France, knew that the fortress at Eben Amel was something that was considered impenetrable and defended the crossing, or the convergence, rather, of two rivers. The plan was devised, and rather than using paratroopers explicitly, they decided to use paratroopers known as Falschmäger with gliders. The gliders were cut loose a couple miles from the site of the fortress and the men crash landed onto the fortress. Being that the fortress was compartmentalized and only had one entrance from bunker number 17, 
into the defenses. All the paratroopers departing their gliders had to do was to seal off the entrance to the defenses. And at that point, they just had to hold the one entrance and ex the one entry and exit point, excuse me, of the defenders until further for forces arrived. In December of 1941, six Italian attack divers entered Alexandria port and put the battleship HMS Valiant and Queen Elizabeth out of action for a year, crippled a tanker, and damaged a destroyer. Now this operation, done by Italians obviously, was considered probably the most successful combat diving operation done in World War II, being that the Italian Navy was tasked with the Axis domination of the Mediterranean. These combat divers used experimental methods and experimental techniques as frogmen to uh, put a thorn in the side of the British Navy, which was quite dominant in the Mediterranean region. Being that it happened in December of 1941, it was extremely relevant to the desert war that was going on in North Africa between, mostly at this point, the Italians and beginning to be part of later on Rommel's Africa Corps and the British. As well as in 1942, a Japanese midget submarine entered Diego Garcia in Madagascar and knocked out the battleship HMS Ramiles out of action for a year and sank a tanker. Midget submarine is comparable almost to today's seal delivery vehicles or diver delivery apparatuses that are small, can hold one to four men, and are used for a very, very specific clandestine task. The reason that the author brings up these relevant axis actions in World War II are because they're generally forgot out of the historical consciousness of the American, the British, the Australian, or the otherwise Anzac thinker when it comes to our historical prefrontal cortex. The relevance of these operations cannot be understated as because special operations outside of the Allies and former Allies have played a key role since 1945. Soviet special operations used in Vietnam, Angola, which we'll see in the future of this podcast, as well as Afghanistan and anywhere else that the Russians could find themselves in direct Cold War influence played a large part using the Spetsnaz as advisors, direct action fighters, or assistance to local national forces. South Africans were keen to understand that only focusing on one side of history, that being those of the Allies and their direct ancestors, would not allow a complete understanding of the historical context to which they would plan their operations and act. With this understood, the South Africans sought to understand not just the operations of the Axis and the Allies in World War II, but also other units after the war. For example, in 1945, according to the author, Special Forces began to play a role in the Cold War. British and U.S. Special Forces raids from islands off North Korea and U.S. Special Forces in Vietnam tied down larger number of enemy forces for security tasks, SAS and SPS teams being Special Air Service and Special Boat Service teams, 
played a key role in the Falcons in 1982, as did Special Forces in the 1991 Gulf War, with airborne operations in Africa during the 1990s, and Iraq and Afghanistan since 2001, and in particular the first months of the war against the Taliban, and most recently in Mali. Terrorism brought new missions, exemplified by Israel's operation to free the passengers of a hijacked airliner, in 1976, and the SAS role in breaking the Iranian embassy siege in London in 1980. South Africa's special forces in the conflict years were no different, working in small different groups to recon or strike targets deep inside hostile territory and exerting an effect entirely out of proportion to their strength. A few men could accomplish a task of many. Like other special operations op forces, their value was only reluctantly recognized by the conventional soldiers, and even then, often misunderstood. Before they were really employed, to best effect. The stories of some of those operations have been written, mainly in broad outline, and some former operators have told their stories. The story of four reconnaissance regiment and the Navy combined their efforts to give South Africa strategic reach has remained largely unknown. The book, which we'll cover in further episodes, has a goal of being the first coherent history of those operations. Remarkable at that. Now something to understand within the history of similar units and comparable to the four commander regiment in the American military would be in general, the SEAL teams or within special forces, the combat diver teams. And then for the British, the special boat service is that they are a maritime first entity. What this does is it creates a capacity for units to have amphibious capabilities. Not only are they airborne, they can insert via air, they're all more than capable of inserting by land via ruck, all-terrain vehicle, truck, pack mule, whatever, but they also have a unique ability to operate in underwater or overwater circumstances. Combat swimmers, being men that swim above the surface, combat divers, as well as delivery vehicle teams or underwater explosive teams, provided a capacity that which the average foot soldier, infantryman, or boat-locked sailor could not. They expanded the area of operations, and they created a new axis of warfare that could be utilized. In the next episode, we'll cover specifically the selection processes of the South African 4 Commando Regiment, as well as some more history. I hope you enjoyed this short episode. If you'd like to listen to more, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can find us on Instagram or TikTok at Military History underscore, or on YouTube as Military History. Just look for the logo. Thank you.